Manamana. 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 Hello and welcome to All Lockdown How We Laugh with today's special guest all the way from Brighton and Bex Turner. Um, Bex, also known as... <laughs> Bex also known as Rebecca is somebody I've gigged with a lot. We've done a lot, quite a lot of online gigs together and I wanted to get on the, uh, the show to talk about online comedy and getting away from online comedy and getting back into the real world. She's got a show called Bex's Chainsaw Massacre that she's had in uh, Brighton and possibly some other fringes recently. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yes. Yeah, and uh, she's very quirky, kind of eccentric and surreal comedian. I always enjoy watching when I'm performing with her. It's always a pleasure to perform with. And without much more nonsense from me, I'll just turn you over to uh, Rebecca and let you tell her a bit about herself. How are you doing, Rebecca? I'm good. I'm not too bad. How about you? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I was just saying, you know, before we started recording that I'm, mm. I'm, I'm enjoying live comedy being back. I am. I promise I am. <laughs> That's good. I, I've I, you were mentioned that uh, before the podcast that you got a headliner spot coming up. No, I I, 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 really just, cool. I just done it. I just done it in. Um, I just done it. Sorry. And I didn't I didn't feel what I deserved. I deserved the, the spot or the money. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, sure. it was it was it was a good night. It was a good night. I managed to do two gigs in Chester and um, Wolsey near Liverpool in um, the same night. So and it was really nice to meet. I actually managed to catch up with some family as well. So it was really nice to meet a lot of acts that I'd only met online, get to perform in an actual, you know, venue, enjoy the car ride down and do the gig. But, you know, that imposter syndrome kicked in on the way home when I was spending my money at McDonald's. I was like, I shouldn't even be able to afford this. I'm, I'm a terrible comedian. Oh, <laughs> I see what you mean. It, it was really nice to meet comedians who you've only seen online. During the Brighton Fringe, I, uh, it was quite nice because it was the first, like, festival that I started to open up again even if it was a little bit later on in the summer yeah. it's usually on in May and then there's on in June and July and it was nice to meet comedians you've only seen online and I got to hang out with them one evening and take yeah. part in a little um I take part in one of the little panel shows but in a live format and that was really nice to get to meet comics you've only met online which really? is really cool so the, the the panel show what what was the panel show uh, it was a really fun music one. Alex um, Leem's improv provocateur. Not that one, but it oh. was the it was the um it was it was the other one. He's taken part in that. Alex has taken part in this podcast because I was on his team for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was Roger's music quiz show. Right, right, cool. Roger Polters. Oh yeah, yeah. I know, I know Roger. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing Alex Leem's improv provocateur, and it actually came up. Um, when I was talking to Ishi Khan in the podcast as well, and I was like, is every guest I have in this podcast going to have done the show that I'm doing in the Fringe before me? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, They're cool, though. They're really friendly. I really like yeah, meeting yeah. them. Yeah, Alex oh, yes. And Ishi and Roger and Denzel. Yeah. The whole group were fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, did you see any other shows when you were at, at Brighton? Oh, yeah, sure. There's a character comedian I like called, he's he basically he plays a 1930s film actor. Right. And his name, his character name is, is Milo McCabe. Right, right. I've not heard. It's quite eccentric. And he, <laughs> currently he's, he's doing, he does this show, he shows a thing around Scrabble and like mysteries. 
<laughs> it's quite interesting how because you'd be quite like actress during his like show and then yeah. he'll talk about a certain section but <laughs> but to flavor the section he'll add he'll, he'll start doing like an imp like an accent for that section to example if he's like come up if he's come up against his like lad from like scotland or something he'll suddenly <laughs> switch to like a really really accurate like glasgow or scottish dialect <laughs> and it's sort of like it's kind of it's quite playful yes really it sounds interesting <laughs> it sounds like the type of thing you'd like as well like it sounds like um you'd have been right at home with it <laughs> it was really good so it's milo mccabe you said yeah mm -hmm. i'll look out but do you know if he's going to be at the fringe this year uh, uh, the edinburgh fringe I know in previous years he's definitely been at the Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah. I I, I couldn't necessarily say this year mm. he's the live. He might be online. Um, right, right. I, I don't fully fully know. I would know. I can recommend uh, for the Camden Fringe. I can recommend a a good show by my mate uh, Rabia Kuhn. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rabia's been on the show before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's a fun little show. That's um, that the one with Stephanie Lawrence. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, clown, clown nipples and nice try. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was a fun, uh, fun mix of two diff very different, two very different American aspects. Yeah. Of which, so that was interesting to see because you often associate just one style of stand up with America. <laughs> Usually the one you've seen on TV, like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but they, they've got quite. Um, They've got quite strong personalities. It comes through in their comedy. Both, both very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Um, How about you? Have you seen any good shows recently? No, no, um, no. I've just I've, I've really been focusing on one thing. Um, my, my friend Chris Wright was just just started doing um, gigs, and like there was all this kind of advice I was going to give him, but I decided to, to hold back my opinion, mm. like before um, before I started doing live gigs because I didn't want to, you know, like. I didn't want to worry about anything like that, but I thought he would really, really struggle mm. from going online to going to live. And he's he's pretty much smashed every gig I've seen. He's done he's done like <laughs> he's, done, he's done like six gigs and he's smashed every single one. And That's I'm I'm good, like, though. yeah, it's really awesome. It's really good, man. It's 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 there was a kind of school I thought when, when Zoom first started that Zoom was nowhere near the club, you know, a real comedian shouldn't mm. be doing it, etc. And then it was like Oh, people that have only done Zoom have no idea which, how it's going to work when they actually go to clubs and things like that. And it's, you know, it's it's just what's happened with Chris and May Boffy as well, who's also been in the show, is um, is showing those people that they should just shut the fuck up. They know nothing. None of us know anything until we actually get out there and try to entertain a crowd, you know? Yeah. And in many ways, the people who did start during, like, the Zoom gig craze probably, probably may, might be even a little bit stronger because... Yeah. They've had to have that challenge of not having that instant <laughs> of them yeah. learning how to deal with like this new brand of an audience reaction. Yeah. It's not quite the same with someone going commenting on Facebook in a Facebook live going, ha ha, lol. <laughs> Which is really supportive, but it's just like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's like you need to wait till you finish your set before you can go back and read your heckles. <laughs> oh, no, that reminds me when, when I got asked to go and do an online... I did, like, one gong show during... It was a comedy store one. Oh, that, online. that sounds terrifying. And that was mad, because, like, people could just type... Could just type meme crap. 
admin stuff on the Facebook chat. <laughs> yeah. I will say that the MC for the night, uh, Ria, Ria, is it Ria Lina? I think so. Uh, yeah, it's actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she was, uh, she was actually really, really nice. Like, and she was really like complimentary, even if I didn't last that long. Yeah. In the gong show, I know. I know. I'm not very good at gong shows. I do not know that. Yeah. It's not my. It's not my bag. But she's really nice about it. It's just a lot of Facebook audience were like, "Oh dear." I mean, I don't think they're as bad as as um um. Ah, I can't think. Remember, it's the other one in London. Uh, ah. Roast battles. No, I'm not roast battles. Uh, oh, backyard. I'd... Is it backyard comedy? Right, right. The yeah, gong show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was pretty. Yeah, Scary. that was yeah. that was. I think that's the most brutal I've seen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I'd done a gong show, I I, I was I was just audiences kind of liking me, like so I didn't. It was a complete shock, like to to find yeah. one that, were, that wanted to see me die and go away and you know cry in a corner pitifully. Like it was it was a real a real eye opener. <laughs> oh, that's not good. No. Yeah. It's quite, yeah. I've talked, I've talked quite a bit about going through the show before, and it, it is one of those things where the audience either wants to see you completely smash it or completely die in your ass. There's no, there's no bubbling along, and like unfortunately, I'm a kind of bubble along comedian. Like I just kind of sometimes, sometimes I do well, other times I'm just like I get golf clap laughs, yeah, actual like oh, golf yeah. clap, golf clap applause breaks as well, which is quite something to see. <laughs> like, well done. You've done a funny. I see. I get what you mean. <laughs> and it worries me. Sorry, Anya. It's like with an audience. Oh. You said you were going to say it was like it's like with an audience. Oh, oh. Sorry, I felt bad interrupting you. No, I'm, no, really no. I'm really bad at judging uh, that sometimes. That's okay. Like, in regards, like comparing it to to the golf club, it's like when. So when members in an audience, you can tell do like a, hmm. <laughs> but there's not a laugh. It's like, hmm. like. <laughs> yeah. that was clever, but that not course. amusing. Yeah, <laughs> that's was... the right laugh. It's like, oh, hmm. So sometimes I get, um, I get a weird run of those. Like you just go flat laughs for about four or five gigs in a row, and I'm like, what's what's wrong with me that this is happening? What can I do? And I've I've, I've realised, you know, it's. A lot of it's to do with the structure of my set, because mm. my set's so tightly structured, and it's kind of a lot of the time the same jokes. I think I can come across over rehearsed and maybe dialing it in, mm. you know. And it's um, yeah. so it's it's quite interesting. No, this job of being a stand-up is so hard. Nobody understands us, Rebecca. <laughs> Nobody understands the pain we go through. I know. <laughs> um, so you've been doing comedy about what seven years? Mm -hmm. And what what brought you into comedy? I think I think I think it's similar to what most comedians want, and that's that sense of please love me. <laughs> and I also, I also because I in my everyday life, even though you can't sit here, maybe I am I am a bit awkward, and I yeah. just totally know that I am awkward. But I think all comedians are awkward in real life. Yeah. And when I go on stage, I just, I think there's that p play of power where you get, it's more organized yeah. power because in a group conversation, it's like all that hard focus to like focus on every single person you're on the same level. But when you're on stage, it's kind of a forced 
yeah. You're, you, you are in a forced position of power. So I think it's yeah. a lot easier to be like, I can have my say compared to a group conversation <laughs> where finally, you have to really wait turn. Finally, at last, they're all listening. <laughs> and I have things to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. It's, I, I think of it as like a new... Um, well, to me, it's a, it's a new method of communication. You know, it's, 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 there's so much to learn. I mean, you can get up there and you can completely smash it. But even then, a lot of people do that in their first gigs. You know, it's, it's, there's a whole, there's a whole thing. It's, it's like entering a new world. Like, and there's so much, there's so much to perfect. You know, it's, um, and if you actually think about that, if you, if you stand there on stage and think, oh, I've only got like about 23% of this down, you'll completely die in your ass because you'll basically start worrying and panicking and thinking that you don't make sense when you talk. And it's, um, it's, it's crazy, but you know, I do love it. I do love it for all my complaining about comedy and, and, and wondering what the fuck I'm doing, you know, doing comedy. <laughs> uh, it's, it's something that I absolutely adore, you know. How long have you been going? Just coming up for three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Jimmy. Yeah, so in October, it'll be three years. Um, so I actually booked um, to go on Laugh Able um, on the 22nd of October. It's like the third anniversary of my first gig. And then um, yeah. hopefully we'll still be doing online. But, um, mm. What's the nice gig? Yeah, it's a great gig. Yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark and Benny and everybody else. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, both are on the show as well. Um, have you seen? Have you seen on on I think TikTok and be on Facebook that they've done this new little road semi road movie clips of them right, traveling right. in, in Benny's car. Right, right. I've not That's actually. Quite... I, th I think I might have seen them posting it, but I've not actually watched one yet. But that'll be interesting to see. They've been so busy, man. They've been really busy since like the end of May. Yeah. I know, busy yeah. bees. Yeah. Mad <laughs> yeah. lads. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think they've just done Bradford Fringe and they were down in Southampton yesterday, mm -hmm. and I think they're doing like about five gigs a week at least. Well, up like Midlands slash North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they'll be down London as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen Benny staying at um, Marks as well. And, um, yeah, it's just there's, there's so much opening back up again. Scotland's finally starting to open back up. I think. Um, Yay. I, th I think the Fringe. Hopefully this year will prove to be a, a, a changing moment for Scotland. You know? Okay. It's, um, because there, there, there was just so little happening up here. There was just, because of regulations and things, there was so little going on at kind of open mic level. You know? That's not good, no. Yeah. But no, I, was, I mean, it was mainly because of regulations and a two-metre distancing rule for indoor venues that was really stopping that, you know. Yeah. But there was only, there, there was gigs basically from... I think about the start of June, but it was mainly professionals and rightly so because they're the ones that have lost so much income throughout this, you know. Yeah, that might, yeah, I understand. And I guess if they're in the bigger, fancier clubs, they can yeah. enforce better seating structures in the yeah. actual gig space. Yeah. So how how have you found like going back into clubs? How how have you been finding it? Oh, not too bad. Yeah. I think. I. Uh, because just before, I think, uh, just before the second lockdown in the spring, like the summer of last year, like mid to late summer, yeah. uh, I did my very, very first live gig back. And that was felt so weird because I think you mentioned earlier on about not being able to connect with an audience. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about that before the show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, before the show. Yeah. And I totally felt that. I just 
it was my first live gig back and I, I couldn't remember how to acknowledge everyone in that in that in that outdoor space exactly um, what happened to me yeah yeah I was like uh-huh yeah. just uh, yeah <laughs> that was so weird I, I just couldn't remember I couldn't I couldn't remember how to acknowledge it, it was just it's hard it's, uh, it's hard to explain I feel. no no I, I know exactly what you mean I, I felt the same thing in Dundee um, two weeks ago it was uh, I, I almost I think being able to do Zoom, you just go on, people know what you're there for, pretty much half and half meetings and audience, and you, you, you don't have the responsibility of making sure everybody's on site. Hmm. You know, it, it's more it's more like, Zoom's like an exercise in camera confidence, you know, and that doesn't always help in a live setting. You know? And it, it can just, you can just seem over rehearsed or, or too performancey for, for a club, you know, sometimes you, you have to kind of, tune your performance to, to suit the room, read the room, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a skill that's easily forgotten if it's if it's not used so often, which it often isn't in Zoom, you know? I, I find reading the room to be one, definitely be one of the hardest, hardest skill sets, one of yeah. the hardest skills in stand-up. Because sometimes you, sometimes it's just, it's really hard to remember to focus on that point yeah. of like, and sometimes you do it, no, sometimes you do it quite well. But then sometimes it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. It's so hard to read a room. Yeah. Oh, God. Not only that, is kind of neurotic comedians will tend to focus on the one person in that room that isn't laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll take we'll take that one person's skill as, as you know we'll see that same face in every single member of the audience, you know. And like um, that, that's why it's that's why it's a magical, terrible. Horrible, beautiful <laughs> art form. <laughs> what do you think was the hardest dream for you to read? Um, gong shows. Gong shows because I'm, I'm, I'm quite an empathetic performer. So when, when I seen people were dying to watch me fail, it kind of put me on edge. You know, mm -hmm. it brought an edge to my performance. In fact, um, I made a joke about having been in prison 20 years before and say that this, this is nothing I've been in prison. And like um, somebody just shouted, "Get back there!" <laughs> oh dear! Oh no! Oh dear! It's quite interesting. I've only done like I've done like a six-week prison sentence twenty years ago, but I keep bringing up my comedy. Maybe it's like, maybe it's like that. That that's the one life experience that really fits <laughs> fits the comedy experience. I feel like I'm being held hostage up on stage. <laughs> You know, you know, nobody forces me to go up on stage and tell jokes. I, I, I do it freely, but once I'm up there, I'm like, oh my god, I'm scared of new people. <laughs> I better make you laugh, get myself worked. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely got an untapped potential of 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 comparing prison to a comedy gig. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think some comedy gigs are closer to a hostage situation. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, same same end result. <laughs> so, what, what what was your first gig then? What did you what what, what kind of brought you into comedy? Like, did was it was it a, an ambition you aspired to that kind of happen almost by accident, like it does for some? I I think I think I think I was definitely it's only it's definitely something I wanted to do for for a while. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've always been really been into comedy, uh, in the like all the sketch shows from the nineties, like Far Show, The League of Gentlemen. Yeah. 
or those slightly more or, or alternative ones yeah yeah and that nature ones that are a bit darker and then I, I also liked a lot a lot of kind of I, I really liked the kind of sort sort of campy comedy of Monty Python yeah and the goodies and all those slightly Hmm. Slightly different. Seven, Slightly. Not different. Just, I mean, they, I think they're good for research and good for inspiration. Inspiration. Oh yeah, definitely. Seventies kind of really a little bit. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Very seventies humid shows like the Benny Hill Show and the yeah, Cameron yeah. Show. Um. So I'm a big comedy nerd, and so I've always wanted to do a bit of stand up, <laughs> and I used to really like Mock the Week. Yeah. Uh, well, before it got untainted by stand up <laughs> bitterness i think uh, yeah. yeah but very hills an interesting one because it was it was considered very um unpolitically correct and not really um yeah. not really appreciated in this country but worldwide his, his, his videos and his dvds sold so many i know it's mad it's like when people in germany and stuff are still really obsessed with mr bean yeah. you like, okay germany yeah. <laughs> Other countries like I've noticed particularly also in previous years, Edinburgh Fringe, yeah. there's a lot more emphasis and a lot more appreciation for maybe clowning yeah. and more variety acts and than in the UK it's a little bit like, oh yeah, we've got smart things to say. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's probably not <laughs> great, I guess. <laughs> no, but it's it's interesting like people must have been in any hobby because that's that that is actual proper transcending language and culture to, to just sell the funny, you know? Mm, definitely, yeah. It was great a touching story about Benny Hill, actually. I remember reading an interview. It's, um, his hero was Charlie Chaplin. Okay. And after Charlie Chaplin died, um, Benny Hill went over to Switzerland and visit, visited um, Benny Hill's widow. And, and, she, and she was like, oh, no, sorry, Charlie Chaplin's widow. Benny Hill went over and visited mm. Charlie Chaplin's widow. And she showed him his room, his study, basically, where he was. And... and Charlie Chaplin had about 10 Benny Hill videos when he died. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> really sweet. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It seems to me. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's like he was, <laughs> you know, his idol was watching him. But I think he must have watched him when he was a kid and stuff, you know. But he was, he was totally unappreciated in this country. Hmm. Yeah. I see what you mean, Terry. Another, I just remind, reminded me of another under slightly underappreciated comedian, and that's Stanley Baxter. Oh, Stanley Baxter's fantastic. I love Stanley Baxter. He's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I just think he's quite underrated sometimes because he wasn't... Definitely, yeah. Because he wasn't like Benny Hill in the sense that, like, oh, naughty girls, oh! Yeah. He's just quite classy sometimes. And yeah, yeah. He was quite camp, he was theatrical. Yeah. And, like, he's a very big figure, particularly for Scottish comedy. Yeah, yeah, for totally. Example, is it Parley... Parley Amor Parley Glasgow? Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, a very... Like it's yeah. very much in tune with Monty Python, where yeah. they do the language sketches and the two Ronnies as well. With, uh, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's so cool. I love Stanley Baxter. He's such a babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember Mr. Majika so cool. when I was a kid as well. Did you ever see that? What? Mr. Majika. Oh, I, I, I think I, I did. I think it wasn't, but I don't think I really watched it. But I do know what you mean, yes. Yeah, I, I used to have a double crown. I've still got a double crown, I guess. And sometimes my hair at the back of my head would stick up. You're trying to look for it now. But it's, um, kids at school would call me Mr. Majika sometimes. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter now, but it's just like, uh, Mr. Majika, fix your hair. I'm all right, okay. Cool. <laughs> no, I'm not sure if it's semi-related, but 
I also had a phase where I really liked Hinge and Bracket. I don't, I, I recognise the name, but I can't. Um... Uh, basically, it was two, like, basically, it was, best way to describe it, it was two pantomime dames. Like, yeah, just like yeah. silly nonsense. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Silly frivolity. I think maybe there should be more like whimsical and eccentric stuff. Around. I think I think maybe comedy is basically two political people complain about cancel culture and right wing all the time. That's practically the, the only conversation you get in comedy sometimes. And people don't seem to realise that the answer is to be everybody to be a wee bit more whimsical and surreal. You know? mm. But um I think I went I think I went off the topic slightly. Um, and yeah. my, my very first gig was definitely very nerve-wracking and my legs felt really like shaky uh, and my first gig was after a laughing horse little weekend right. course cool. in 2010 cool. and that was quite nerve-wracking <laughs> I'm sure the jokes were a bit hacky I know that one <laughs> of them definitely was and it probably wouldn't, wouldn't really fly nowadays but I still have one of my older jokes that I still have in my set because it's the one I'm most proud of. But it was definitely a nerve-wracking day. And I was cool. quite proud of that day because there's a small group of us and like one bloke dropped out, but was, there was two females in this group and we both stayed to the end, which I thought was right. pretty like girl power. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the joke, if you don't mind me asking? Do you want to tell the joke? Which one? The, the one that's still in your set. Oh, the one in my set is... The one I have right at the start, which is, I don't have love handles. I have shag rails. Yeah, I know that joke. Yeah, I've seen you do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, when, what was your first gig like? Um, it was kind of similar. It was from a workshop. Um, that I'd done a, a six-week stand-up course, learn how to do stand-up. And um, it was really enjoyable. And I unexpectedly smashed the gig. Um, and I just, I just threw it above stand-up. But I, I found that performing in an uh, open mic circuit was a different story from going into, going into the same room every week with people that you become friends with and starting to share your um, your inner demons for the sake of laughter. I found that um, it was it was like two separate animals, you know? I, I, I kind of almost resented my introduction to being comedy, being so open and friendly, because it's just, you can, um, you can reveal too much of yourself and in a scene where people are so political and um, there's so much competition, that can become a, a drawback, being so open, you know. But not that it stopped me, I'm still completely open about a lot of stuff. Hence, you know, jokes about having been in prison and stuff, and drugs and my, 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 my Tinder addiction and whatnot. <laughs> what addiction? Tinder addiction to oh, dating apps. Which, but I mean, you know, it's it is hacky doing jokes about Tinder, but at the same time as well, it's for me it was, I don't know, I, I really, I found dating apps to be crazy. I really enjoyed using them, but I, I recognised what a bizarre warped landscape it was, like constantly on this app on your phone to contact people that you want to have sex with all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> what, what about yourself? How did you find the sort of differences between the the course you were on and the open spot, open mic circuit? I think my experience was very similar to yours in that I did I did the initial weekend course and then I, that, was, that was in 2010, just before I started uni. Yeah. Then I did uni 
and I think I didn't do it soon after the weekend course because I, I, I think because when I, when I was younger I was really really shy and I was yeah. still a bit shy then so I just I don't think I was like, ready? Super, yeah. super ready for it and then in 2011 and 2012 I started to do quite a few sparse gigs Right, right. Like where I was based, I mean, in my uni town. Yeah. Then uh, after I graduated uni, I decided to try and take it more seriously. And I moved to Brighton. And Brighton right. is generally quite like similar to your experience in that there's quite a few friendly gigs, but yeah. that doesn't really pre prepare you for clubs. Yeah. Or, or nights which have, which are basically a room in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> where, and so it didn't really set up me up for hackles that well, I don't think. Yeah. And so I don't think I have that good experience with like bad audiences, not in that, not in that they're rude. It's yeah. just about difficult audiences. I don't really have experience in difficult audiences, maybe compared to some, an actor maybe in the Midlands or up north or in some parts of London where they probably, they have a stronger backbone. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, that, that was actually a, a weird thing that um, happened um, in the three gigs I've done. The, okay. the, the, the times when I've, I've had hecklers or drunk people talking and I've had to interact with them to either get them to shut up or bounce back from something that they've said to me is, is actually the only times that I've had applause breaks. In my, so, so it's like, well, we'll do it, yeah, but I, know, but I know, but my material should be getting applause breaks, not that <laughs> shit, like not being rude to the customers. <laughs> So it was like I've, I've got a joke about Celtic football ground. Um, about what? Celtic football ground. Oh. Because it's, it's the nickname for it here's Paradise, but as far as I'm aware, not a single suicide bomber ever ended up there. And like this, this Rangers fan guy shouted out like, "Ah, that's right, we beat them ten in a row. We stopped them getting ten in a row." And I was like, "What we? What position did you play in for Rangers, mate?" <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> But yeah, because I know I, I, I think I think I kind of took a bit of a visceral, not offence, but I was like keenly aware that if I'd have been on side with what he said, I would have looked like I was some embittered um, football fan when football was the least yeah. interesting thing in my life. And not <laughs> only that, that that entire like that entire division between Rangers and Celtic defines life in this city, which bothers me, you know. So I think I just immediately came back with that. What position did you play in for Rangers? <laughs> I see mm. what you mean. Mm. I have a similar uh, heckle response, but well, probably the only time where I actually thought like I got him because uh, I'm really bad at heckle. Uh, I haven't had much experience of heckles. And there was this group of college kids at the back of this gig. Like the stage was there, and then the these kids right at the back. I think they were like yeah. 18 to yeah college age. And I think I was on stage. And I think one of the kids at the back said like, "Oh, I hope you're as funny as you look." And to an as quick as flash, <laughs> I said to them back, Oh, I hope you're as shit as you look. And I got a huge <laughs> round of applause. Good on you. That was like the only time I actually properly probably dealt with a hackle very well. <laughs> Other times I have zero experience of hackles. I need to get more experience in that area. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're resenting them in the moment, but then when you're when you're reviewing a gig in your mind, you're like, oh, do you know something? They were really good training. Yeah. <laughs> There was a drunk guy as well, another drunk guy at the gig. Um, oh no! But, but is this just Glasgow? Where they no, no, this, 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 this is this is the gig I done last week. Um, this is my <laughs> headline set. Like we've only got a pause break for being cheeky. <laughs> 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 but like the guy was like, um, I said something about talking through the gig to to to, <laughs> to the Rangers fan. Actually, was at that point. 
And then a guy that had been interrupting all the way through that I hadn't engaged with shouted up, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, mate. And I was like, listen, man, that was the one time it wasn't you. <laughs> Again, a pause break. And I'm like, fuck you, hell. <laughs> can, I not just, can I not just do my jokes, not look at any of you and just get a lot of adulation and acceptance and validation and then just walk off the stage? How's that? No, I have to interact with you people. Shit. <laughs> That's the weirdest ones when when yeah. someone says some random, completely unrelated thing to the gig. And you're like, oh, how do I deal with you? Because <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's just like, what? I usually just go, cool. And then like, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Like... That's right. When people give you unsolicited advice in the gig and they tell you a whole chunk of stuff and then you're like, Oh yeah, no. Oh yeah, that that yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just your your mind is just gl great yeah. glazed over, and you're like, oh cool. It's it's, it's that, I think if it's like my brain starts to work like the Terminator from the film The Terminator, like with, with all these multiple choice A say A <laughs> B C or D, <laughs> and it's like you can always see the. You know the, the the cursor and all that moving about, and like you you settle on the best insult. <laughs> oh no! But so, did you do much um, international gigs over lockdown? I did some. I did a really cool uh, American one, where it was it wasn't wasn't really a game show, but you do like a little set. But the hosts of this gig could it interrupt? Yeah, could interrupt your set. And that was really fun. And plus, it wasn't too late at night. I mean, it was quite late at night for me, but it wasn't like 3 a.m. in the morning, which was really nice. Yeah. And that was a really fun gig. And then I did another gig all the way from Washington. Cool. cool. And that was really interesting. It was really... Because afterwards, we had a kind of a Q&A session yeah. about all about things, if you wanted to ask each other, not necessarily about comedy, just about life in general. And I think there was a Canadian act... And I asked them, like, what the deal was with maple syrup, because it's really expensive <laughs> in the UK. That's like asking the Irish about the lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just in the UK, it's so expensive to get, like, yeah, yeah. a maple syrup bottle. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just so curious. Syrup, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like because you, you, the one you usually get in the supermarket is like maple flavored syrup, which isn't yeah, real. Like, mm. <laughs> so, did you get the were you satisfied with your answer about the maple, oh, maple yeah, syrup? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did they say? Um, I come. I think they should just they explain the kind of taste to it, about <laughs> taste of it, and also what like what they do with the syrup. Like they might put it in ice and like create a like kind of a flavored. Because they have a lot of snow in the winter in Canada, they'd create yeah, like yeah. little ice with snowballs and like just like because it's like completely <laughs> fresh ice. Yeah. So it's nice. And the comedy show I was telling you about a minute ago was called the Interruption Show, and it's hosted by Dahlia Malik. Right, that was right. really cool. fun. Yeah. Cool, cool. And then, uh, any other international gigs? I think I found that the American ones, as much as I enjoyed them, like you're saying, I preferred the ones that didn't happen too late for me. You know, and that, that tended to be ones that happened early in the morning or lunchtime over there. Oh yeah, and yeah. I, and it was it was stuff there's um, just staying up till four or five in the morning, mm -hmm. even for some good gigs, just didn't feel worth it. It was just too, it was too much. Too, too tired, too much angsty. Even if you get some sleep, it's like first thing in the morning. It's um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame that we, we couldn't sort of have that. Mm -hmm. 
it would happen at the same time, but it just definitely wasn't worth staying up till five in the morning every night for me. It just it was really affected my mental health. Uh, and then Tim's related to international gigs. There were some gigs that they were online and they're UK based, but some of the acts came from further afield. Yeah, yeah. Like Australia and um, Australia. Well, there's one particular, I'm not sure if it was a gig or just like a general comedy thing online. Yeah, yeah. And this guy was like performing all the way from India. So that's right, pretty right. insane. And the thing oh. someone was in Kuala Lumpur, I think. But that, would, that, cool. would that be like Juliana Hing? That was from, yeah, 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 Kuala, yeah, 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 yeah. She's going on the show as well. But there's quite, there was quite a lot happening she's in India. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Oh, they're great. They're great. So, um, there's quite a lot happening in India. Uh, first trap and things so but I never actually went on any of those gigs but, um, but there seemed to be lots and lots of people like in those gigs you know but, um, mm-hmm. what about like sort of mainland Europe did you find any over there oh yeah sure uh, I did I I did like an online version I think of the is it the Utrecht comedy festival right oh, yeah yeah I don't know of it yeah and there was, I did it, I took part in an online kind of comedy show thing there where, where these two graphic designers would roast your fringe posters. Right, cool. That was really interesting <laughs> to see how how the comedy attitudes were over yeah. in that part of Europe compared to the UK. And that yeah. was quite different. <laughs> Certainly interesting. Um, re- maybe not enjoyable, but interesting. Yeah. I recently joined a... Uh, a group called Bad Comedy Flyers, I think it's called. <laughs> they basically do that, and I've, I've, I'm, 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 I'm kind of frightened to look at it because I've had to, you know, do a couple of flyers and moan for mm. things, and I don't, I don't want to find my own product, you know, being slated. <laughs> I'd say the best bet is just make sure your photos are high res. Yeah. Because you can tell when it's like grainy, and you're like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No. That's like the biggest thing you notice, and you're it's like, not, that's not high quality. Look 2007 mobile phone shot. Yeah. <laughs> or something like, or like, you took an image from a magazine from 2007, an online magazine. Yeah. And it's like, great. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your plans for the future? Have you got a lot lined up coming up? Uh, definitely. I'd like to improve my my little fringy show, Bex's Gentle yeah. Mitsaka. And I'd, if, 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 if Nicola Sturgeon allows us to have an Edinburgh Fringe next year, yeah. I would love to do it next year, Edinburgh, properly. I'd really want to do that. Well, I think, but well, I, don't, I, think... I, don't know, I don't know what Scotland's attitude is towards it, toward it is, because it feels like she just just doesn't want it to happen. <laughs> what, <laughs> well, do you, what do you think? Well, I think I, think I would agree with you um, a couple of months ago, but a lot has came together in a very short space of time. I've got Alex Petty on the show talking about it, um, Bob mm-hmm. Walsh on the show talking about it. Um, mm. And they, they've managed to scrape together a pretty impressive um, lineup, basically, and, and festival, actually. Mm. So it's not just That's comedy, even though people start to think that it is just comedy. And there's a lot of things happening in Edinburgh this year, and um, it's, it's been interesting to see. And... Um, so I would suggest if, if, if there is another wave of the pandemic yeah. and we do go into lockdown again between now and next year, um, keep with a view to the fact that you you, you might be able to just be, go go with a month to spare, you know, if if, 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 mm-hmm. if, you, if you find that you can do that. But it's, it seems this year there was a lot of people who 
kind of kept faith and just and just ran with it as soon as he said we'll probably be able to go on all the night and people took probably as a definite and that it's paying off for them now you know because as of today August 9th it's the date of recording it's it's level zero we're out at level zero just most restrictions are are, are, are gone now That's and whether or not that will lead to another wave nobody knows but um we mm. can't we can't live we can't live in fear we can't hide away if if, if if we're allowed to get out, we should be. We need to be responsible when we're out there. We need to take care of our own space. We need to be aware that there's a global condition, pandemic that, you know, is always in verge of putting us all back in our houses again, but we've also got to live our lives, you know? Definitely, and I'm, I'm very happy that, that, at least to some scale, Edinburgh is continuing this year. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just worried about next year. Yeah. Because I, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's, that's kind of my point, like, Keep a view to the fact that it probably will be happening no matter what happens between now and then. Mm. You know, and be and be one of the ones that just go go up there and live out your dream. <laughs> I'd like to, yeah. It's just I, I don't know I don't know if like if if people in the UK will be accepted. Like because mm. Nicola Sturgeon seems very much like no, we don't like Edinburgh fringe, we'll be the I don't I don't I don't know what our personal views are on that. I, I, do, I, I do know it's, it seems to think Scotland a long time to sort of start to get any kind of semblance of normality, but mm. we're, we're kind of getting there now, so. That's good, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I just I just feel bad because, like, the UK, like, at the moment, we're, like, rock bottom. Yeah. yeah and, I don't, and I don't want other places to feel like, to, to like, hate, like, do you know what I mean? Not like, yeah, not, not mean, everyone, yeah. because not everyone in the UK is, like, horrible football louts like, <laughs> you know what i mean it's just we now have this image of being like wait hey. have you have you met some that aren't where are they <laughs> <laughs> just i'm just saying that i just uh, just saying thinking that we might get tainted. i know what you mean but this is it's, it's, it's a divided society in so many levels just now that's why that's why our job is so important at least that's what i tell myself to justify continuing to do it <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, i hope so yeah yeah I'm just saying, please don't hate the UK. We're trying our best. <laughs> I don't think people do hate the UK, but we've, we've, I think we've got to, we've got a lot of work to do to, to educate each other on, you know, some yeah. of the, the issues that have started to divide us. It, right now as well, I've talked about this in the show before. There's, there's, there's a real tendency to, to punch down and anti-vaxxers, like as if, as if they're stupid, or as if, as if they've not actually thought about whatever stance they decided to take. And I think that's wrong because the last thing we need is yet another massive divisive issue in our society, you know? No. Yeah, I mean, it's after... It's the government's fault. Government. Yes, it's, yeah. <laughs> just, just look at the guy in power, man. Obviously, if, if you're going to hate anybody, hating that motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even allowed to blame Trump now, because Trump's gone. Oh, you'll be back. Like... <laughs> we can't be like, well, at least it's not Trump. <laughs> no, he's gone, so... Yeah. No, it's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Yeah. Okay, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, chat you, Rebecca. Hopefully, we'll get, an, uh, we'll get a chance to, to meet you, Jimmy. <laughs> well, we'll actually get a chance to perform together in person at some point yeah. um, in the future. I'd like that. Yeah. Hopefully, next year's fringe. Yay. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much, man. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry, before, before we go, um, how, how can people find you on social media and things? Oh, sure. I come say hello on my Instagram, which is at Bex Turner Comedy, and that's the same uh, tag as on Twitter. Right. 
Okay, excellent. Hello there, please follow. <laughs> yeah. what, what are your social media tags, Jimmy? This all come out my social media, so it doesn't really, oh, okay. anybody that listens already know. Okay, sorry. It's okay, thanks for coming on. Cheers. Thanks, bye guys. Manamana, do 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 do. Manamana, do 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 do. Manamana, do 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 do